Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Jason Vines, author of What Did Jesus Drive? And you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the May 10th edition of Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. Excuse me. This is episode 137 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, Mike Mullally and myself will be reviewing the 38th annual NHRA Southern Nationals, powered by Mellow Yellow, at Atlanta Dragway, as well as the AAA 400 Drive for Diversity, Drive for Autism at Dover National Speedway, the possible sale of NASCAR, and we'll also be visiting with our guest this evening, Tyler Steele. Leah Pritchett and Courtney Forge were victorious in Top Fuel and Funny Car on Sunday at the 38th Annual NHRA Southern Nationals, powered by Mellow Yellow at Atlanta Dragway. Vince Nobile, Pro Stock, and Eddie Craywick, Pro Stock Motorcycle, were also victorious in their respective categories at the 7th of 24 events on the 2018 NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series schedule. Too far. One second. <laughs> ah. One second. Stand by. <laughs> I know the line starts with Pritchett. I know it's on here. Let's see. Having script issues is a little bit better than having technical issues, so I won't complain too much. But let's see here. I'm going to do this different. And let me go ahead and play a song while I'm reorganizing the way I'm looking at the script here. Hold on one second. We'll okay. listen to In the Zone by Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew, since I'm apparently not in the zone right now. <laughs> in the zone this evening, but I'm working on it anyway. Pritchard locked, her, locked in her first top fuel win of the season as she piloted her fiery dragster to a pass of 3.874 seconds at 322.42 miles per hour during the final round of eliminations to defeat Blake Alexander. This is her first volley since Brainerd in 2017, first event victory at Atlanta Dragway, and sixth overall. Pritchard is the first of Don Schumacher Racing's top fuel drivers to go to the winner's circle this season. We're racing one round at a time, Pritchard said. The conditions out there were varying all weekend long, and that's why my hats and kudos go off to Todd Okahura, our crew chief, for finding out what was right and wrong and adjusting to it. Yeah, you won't win every race, but this one was very special in a lot of ways. 
Alexander, who raced to his first career final round, started from the number 10 position and defeated Antron Brown, defending world champion Brittany Forrest, and points leader Steve Torrance before the final round. Courtney Forrest claimed her second funny car victory this season with a pass of 4.046 at 313.73 in her advanced auto parts Chevrolet Camaro against Matt Hagen. After earning the number one qualifier on Saturday, Forrest secured her 10th career victory, making her the most victorious female funny car driver in the history of NHRA. We had a great race for her all day long, Forrest said. Every single guy on my crew has done just a phenomenal job all day long, from getting the number one qualifying spot yesterday in our final qualifying run, and to go out there and have some consistent runs. It's great to be able to get a win at the track my sister, Ashley Forrest Hood, got her first win at. It's a pretty good day, and we're excited. In pro stock, Vincent Nobile powered his Mountain View Tire Chevrolet Camaro to a victory run of 6.599 seconds at 209.72 miles per hour to defeat Tanner Gray in his Valvoline Chevrolet Camaro in the final round. This is his first career victory at Atlanta and second volley of the season. I had the car to beat this weekend, Nobile said. I know we didn't qualify number one, but going back after each run and looking at the computer, we know we couldn't have been the fastest car each session. Could have been the fastest car each session. On race day, we got together and was the fastest car every session. All in all, it was a great day. Nobile is now the point leader for Frostock after defeating Alan Persinski, Chris McGehe, and number one qualifier Greg Anderson prior to the final round. Defending world champion Eddie Krawick rode his motorcycle to winner's circle with a pass of 6.922 at 194.91 on his Freeman Eagle Vance and Hines Harley-Davidson. This is his fourth event victory at the NHRA Southern Nationals and 45th of his career. This track has been very challenging for us this weekend, Craywick said. I really had a better bike than what I showed Friday and Saturday because I was not making the proper chassis adjustments to get the bike down to track. We're going to learn and continue to get better. That's what we need to do. Craywick was the number five qualifier and was victorious against Angie Smith, Ellie Tonglet, the number one qualifier, Arana Jr. and oh my gosh, now I'm lost. And Scotty Polichick in the final round. The 2018 NHRA Meliello Drag Racing Series season continues with the Menards NHRA Heartland Nationals presented by Minties at Heartland's Motorsports Park, May 18th through 20th in Topeka, Kansas. While the racing and the racing world was good this weekend, it was also tragic. Top sportsman racer Randy Alexander of Harvest, Alabama, died. Oh my God, my phone is seriously being stupid. And I was just asked if I want a new phone today, and I said, oh no, it's okay. Hold on. Really? Oh, Michael. Okay. Sportsman racer Randy Alexander of Harvest, Alabama, died Saturday following a high-speed crash during the Southern Nationals at Atlanta Dragway in Commerce, Georgia. The accident occurred after Alexander and opponent Bob Mandel crossed the finish line. It came in the first round of the eliminations in the sportsman-level class. Alexander lost control of his Wilkerson Racing Engine 63 Corvette in the right lane. His car made a hard left after he crossed the finish line at 160 miles per hour and darted in the left lane in front of Mandel. 
Mandel T-boned Alexander's car only slightly slower than the 203 miles per hour he clocked as he completed the run. The collision caused Alexander's car to flip and land on the guard wall, about 100 to 150 feet down the shutdown area. Mandel of Toluca, Tennessee, was able to climb out of his Bob's Profab 57 Chevy Bel Air without assistance. I'm 100% okay, Mandel said. When racing resumed more than an hour later, Mandel is present on the starting line with his father, Bob Mandel III, who is in the next pairing in the right lane. In a prepared statement, the NHRA Communications Department said hours later, it is with heavy hearts that we report that Randy Alexander of Harvest, Alabama, passed away at the local hospital after sustaining injuries in an on-track incident at the NHRA Southern Nationals in Commerce, Georgia. NHRA and the entire racing community extend their deepest condolences and their prayers to the participants, family, and friends. We also ask that everyone expect their family's privacy during this difficult time. Top Fuel Points leader Steve Torrance spoke for many of his fellow racers after he made his final qualifying run. He said, I feel bad for the guy who had the accident. We do this for fun, but it's dangerous. We'll keep him and his family in our prayers. Record-setting Top Fuel qualifying leader Clay Milliken said, he certainly was thinking about what happened earlier today with the top sportsman cars. Man, we all know what can happen. NHRA has more 200-mile-an-hour runs by more individuals than any other sport in the world, and we kind of get used to these things going down the racetrack. So I'm certainly thinking about families that were involved in that today. It's part of what we do, but, man, you hate to see anything like that happen. Saturday's accident was reminiscent of the October 2005 Dallas wreck involving pro stock racers Kenny Kortsky, and Bruce Allen. Both survived, but Allen never returned to racing. Did you know the history of the Honda brand began began in 1946 in the post-war Japan when an engineer and ex-racing driver Soshiro Honda founded his first enterprise, the Honda Technical Research Institute. This venture was focused on development, production, and repair of motorized bicycles and motorcycles. Two years later, the company started production of its own power units, and its name was changed to the Honda Motor Company. Did you know that in 1954, Honda implemented a very successful project on this, of the scooter Juno K-Type? This light motor vehicle was the first Honda model to be exported to the United States. Did you know the first iteration of the Honda Civic has brought the real success to the Japanese company? The model presented in 1972 was the first Japanese car that could seriously compete with European cars in Europe. It is largely due to the success of Honda Civic, the Japanese car manufacturer was able to become the global automotive giant. Today, Honda is producing the 10th generation of this popular model. Did you know, in the early 90s, Honda released an outstanding sports car, the Honda NSX. This incredible sports car with a mid-engine layout was very innovative for its time. During the construction of this model, engineers of Honda implemented many interesting ideas, including all aluminum body and chassis, electronic power steering, and electronic gas pedals. An engine of the Honda NSX rotated with a frequency of 8,000 revolutions per minute, which was an outstanding result at that time, 1990. The Honda NSX competed even with the Ferrari itself in the United States market. Did you know in 2005, during the EAA Air Venture Air Show in USA, Honda surprised its fans by entering the aircraft production market? The Japanese company presented its very first aircraft, the light twin engine-based business jet named the Honda HA420 Honda Jet. Our guest this evening is 26-year-old Tyler Steele out of Ashland, Kentucky. He grew up around cars. His grandfather retired from an auto body shop, and cars have always been a way of life for him. He's expected to call in momentarily, so we got maybe two minutes or so. 
let's go ahead and play another short selection from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew. Let's find a short one here. Let's go ahead and do Race Day Rock. Once again, our guest this evening is Tyler Steele, and we'd like to welcome him now to the program. So how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you all doing? Pretty well, thank you. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you, what your involvement is in, the, in Honda specifically and in motorsports in general? Well, uh, it's not necessarily just Hondas, you know. I love Hondas. I'm pretty fond of Hondas, but really just cars. I'm, I love cars. I grew up around cars. Uh, and it's just like a a hobby that turned into a passion. Uh, and, I mean, the Honda that I've got now is just a little project that I'm working on. Hello? We're still here. What's, oh, uh, what's the, what does the project entail? What you what are you working on? How are you changing? I've got a right now. I've got a uh, '92 Civic hatchback. I bought it, and uh, the previous owner had had done some pretty poor quality work to it. I got it pretty cheap though, and it ran. It, the interior was completely stripped. It's got some really bad struts on it. Uh, the motor's about shot. It barely barely pulls, and uh, I came across an O2 Civic SI. I bought it, got it pretty cheap. Pulled the motor, wiring harness, ECU, uh, stripped the whole car completely down, and ended up parting that car out. Pulled the K20 out for the hatch, bought all new t- interior to put in it. And then uh, three days ago, I come across the O3 Accord that had hit a deer, has a lot front end damage. Uh, Aside from that, it's a two-owner core. It's been, I mean, it's pretty much perfect interior and out. I ended up getting hit for like 500 bucks. Hmm. But 
So do you participate in uh, in car shows or swap meets or how do you? What is your uh, uh, your shop do? Well, my cousin, myself, uh, we go to the drag strip quite a bit. My cousin, he's got a super nice Mark One Mustang. It's a I think it's an O three Mark One five point Coyote swapped. Uh, you know, he's into Fords. I love Ford too. I just hmm. have Hondas. Uh, but it's I mean, just a lot of our buddies, you know, we we get together and hang out, go to the strip, uh, just work on cars, man. What's the fastest you've ever you've ever gone personally in your uh, in your one of your race cars there at the drag strip? The fastest I've ever been in one on the strip would probably be. One ten maybe, but the fastest I've ever been in a car in general is a 2014 5.0. We had it up to mm-hmm. 179. Hmm. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And what what got you involved in uh, in in working on cars? How did you get your started? Uh, well, my grandfather retired from auto body. He taught auto body and. Uh, you know, so there was just always cars around when I was a kid. I, I remember as a kid just getting, for Christmas and birthdays, just getting nothing but Matchbox cars and remote control cars. And then I got a little bit older and the Fast and Furious come out. And I, I got obsessed with the Fast and the Furious and gone in 60 seconds and just started falling in love with anything that had an engine, really. And then when I was 15, I worked all, all summer, saved up my money and bought a... a a Mustang that was wrecked, and my papa helped me rebuild it, and uh, I've been doing it ever since, man. Awesome. Well, my uh, my co-host Michael Mullally has a few questions for you as well, and I have a couple others I'd like to ask you and follow up afterwards. All right, thank you. Yep. So, what sets your builds apart from everyone else's? Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that. My build set apart from everyone else's because, uh, for the people I know and the people I don't know, there's there's people building extremely nice cars all over America, all over the world, you know. So, saying that my build would be set apart from other people's would probably be kind of out there. I can say that the work that I put into my car, I put into it as much as I can. Like my cars are my passions and. I try to do everything right and just do it the best that I can. And if people are impressed with it, then they're impressed with it. Now, when I was talking to you earlier, you gave me a bit of a list on your plans for your EG. So can you go into a little more detail um, uh, about that? Yeah. Yeah. I've got the I've got the K20 pulled. Unfortunately, the car that I bought didn't have a transmission in it. That's why I got it so cheap. But I've got a transmission lined out. I'm going up there to pick up this weekend, most likely. Uh, first things first, I get this motor put in. As soon as I get it put in, I'll probably finish up the body work before I do anything performance-wise to it. But ultimately, I plan on putting a turbo on it. Just a factory A3 for right now. Maybe 10, 12 pounds of boost, something to keep it safe. And... uh 
if I get crazy with it, I might turn it up. And if I blow it up, I got a K24 sitting here too. So. Um, and my final question for you before we give it back to the host, can you tell us a little more um, about what the car theme looks like in Kentucky? Oh, man. Here where I'm at, it's just there's so many people here that are in the cars, and it's it's just huge, really, especially Hondas. There's a, a garage out here, MSA, Mad Scientist Auto. Uh, the tuner, his name's Eric Jarvis, man, and he's... He's phenomenal with cars. We got people coming from all over the place just to have him tune his car. He's got a S2000 that's pushing right at a thousand horsepower on a K24. It's running eight second quarters, uh, and I, I swear, 80 or 90 percent of the Hondas that he's tuning on a daily basis are coming out of the shop with 350, 400, 450, 500 horsepower, and it's just. They're everywhere. They're all, all through the city, and not only Hondas. There's so many Camaro guys and Mustang guys and this and that. And, I mean, it's big. There's car shows. And everybody gets together, goes to the drag strip, goes out and eats. It's fun. What's the largest event you've been to with one of your cars? The largest event I've been to? i be honest with you, man. I ain't really went to no real big events like that, you know, just small car shows and drag strips. I ain't, I'm not out there trying to just, like I said, I'm not out trying to impress and do things like that. I'm just building these cars and, and working on my cars because I love it. That's awesome. And you mentioned that you were in, you were inspired by the Fast and the Furious. I know that there is a, uh, there's a new attraction here, uh, Within an hour, an hour and a half, right, two hours where I live here, uh, the Fast and the Furious ride there at at Universal. Have you ever, have you ever been to Universal? You ever seen any of the stuff that they do there? Uh, I went to Universal one time when I was younger. I think I was about ten. And when I was there, mm-hmm. they had Twister in. They had Twister there, you know. So, no, I haven't ever got to see the Universal Fast and the Furious in Florida. There, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's where you're talking about. Uh, yep. But what's what's the point in going and riding a ride in the studio whenever I got the Fast and the Furious in my front yard or all around me that everybody hang out with? You, you know go. what I'm saying? Cool. But well, we wish you lots of luck in your in your uh, rebuilding of cars and and hanging out around the around the auto industry. That's kind of kind of awesome to do that and and hopefully it's yep. a it's a fun thing for you to do and and looks like it's a a growing growing thing in uh, in automotive world now. So. Congratulations, and hopefully it works out pretty well for you. All right, thank you, man. Thank you. Have a nice evening. You too. Once again, that was Tyler Steele, who's involved in the in the auto world there in Kentucky. Does some does some work to to cars, goes and hangs out with his buddies in the basically in the fast and furious world of uh, of Kentucky. So that's kind of interesting and something that that we haven't discussed much on this program, but it is a kind of kind of an interesting thing. You know, there's a lot of that all over the country now, and in fact, all over the world. So that's a that's a pretty cool way of of getting involved in in automotive and working on cars, changing things up, and all that. Kind of interesting.
The only thing that could have stopped Kevin Harvick on Sunday at Dover International Speedway was a sudden rainstorm, and even that failed. Eight laps after Sunday's AAA 400, we started from a rain delay of more than 40 minutes. Harvick passed Stuart Haas racing teammate Clint Boyer for the lead and pulled away to win his fourth race of the season by a whopping 7.450 seconds. All told, Harvick led 201 of the 400 laps, flipped all three stages, and re- reestablished his number four Ford as the dominant car in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. It's fun racing your teammates, said Harvick, who won for the second time at the Monster Mile and the 41st time in his career, breaking a tie with NASCAR Hall of Famer Mark Martin and taking sole possession of the 18th all-time. In fact, Harvick and Boyer are close enough to have ribbed each other throughout the weekend. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've talked so much trash to him all weekend, and he's already told me that the karma train is going to run me over. When it started raining, Harvick quit. But we had a fun weekend just because when you come to Dover, I feel like when you come to Dover, I feel like Clint is going to be one of the people that you have to beat just because of the fact that he's been so good for so many years here. To be able to race with Clint for a win is for me. Like I told him, I said, if I'm not going to win this race today, you need to win this race. So get up there and go after it. Because at that point, we didn't know what was going to happen during the final pit stop after the rain. To be able to race with him is a lot of fun, and I'd much rather keep it within the house than than racing with somebody else. Boyer was relegated to second place after leading when NASCAR red flagged the race for rain after 320 laps. But the rain abated, the track died, and Harvick made short work of his teammate after the assumption. If we'd had insurance to adjust our cars in clean air, Boyer said, he, Harvick, had that luxury all day long. I knew men. My car took off, and it was turning really, really good. That kind of needs to be tight and work into that. I knew when it did took when it did take off as good as it did, and it was rotating as good as it did, that I was in trouble. I just got way too loose. But it's fun to be running like this again and competitive on the front and in the limelight. Daniel Suarez finished personal best on an oval track and matching his career best third place run last year at Watkins Glen. Brian Truex Jr. came home third and Stuart Haas driver Kurt Bush ran fifth. So that would mean Martin Junior came home fourth. Um Fifth, placing three SHR drivers in the top five in a race for the first time in the organization's history. Brad Kozlowski, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Larson completed the top ten. Larson won the pole on Friday but didn't start there. When his car failed pre-race inspection for the third time on Sunday, car chief David Bryant was ejected from the track and Larson was sent to the rear for the start of the race. Joining Austin Dillon and Alex Bowman, whose cars also were three-time losers in the inspection process. Larson spent the majority of the race a lap down after drawing a penalty for an uncontrolled tire on lap 97 after a green flag pit stop. The driver of the number 42 Chevrolet finally returned to the lead lap as a beneficiary on lap 272, but couldn't fight his way through traffic late in the race. Series leader Kyle Busch exited the race after the drive shaft of his number 18 Toyota broke on lap 272, causing the seventh caution of the race. Though he finished 35th, Busch retained the points lead by 22 over 13th place finisher Joey Logano and by 40 over Harvick. NASCAR president Brent DeWar has told employees that the France family remains decade to long-term growth of the sport. This memo was sent to employees on Tuesday, one day after a, memo, a media report said the France family was exploring the sale of its stake in the nation's top auto racing series. The Associated Press receives a copy of the memo from a person who shared it on a condition of anonymity due to the sensitive nature of the topic. DeWar wrote in the memo that NASCAR does not comment on industry rumors. 
but did not specifically address a possible deal by the France family, which holds the majority of NASCAR stock. NASCAR has struggled with recent ratings and attendance declines, and several big-name sponsors have scaled back or pulled out. From the original post May 7, 2018, the majority owners of NASCAR, the company which operates the namesake U.S. car racing series and other motorsports events, are exploring auctions, including the sale of a majority stake. People familiar with the matter said on Monday, the France family, which controls NASCAR, is working with investment bank Goldman, uh, I'm just going to skip that word, Group Inc., GSN, to identify a potential deal for the company, the sources said, cautioning that the deliberations are at exploratory stage and no agreement of any kind is certain. Before the season started, we actually had the opportunity to have Brent DeWar on the program. I'm going to look into that again and see what he uh, what he really has to say about this. I know it's a uh, it's been in the media a lot, and it's kind of a question as to what it what it truly entails. Whether they're just going to sell off NASCAR's top three series, whether they're going to sell off the NASCAR series as well as the International Sport, Sports Car Corporation, whether they're going to sell off the three series plus IMSA plus ARCA, or what the total deal is. I know that in the past few years. Uh, According to other published reports, NASCAR has gone down 52% over the past decade in both revenue and attendance. And if you watch any racing on the uh, on the internet or on TV, or even if you go to the races yourself, you'd notice that that's probably a pretty good number, a pretty good estimate of how much they've lost. Um, there aren't so many people watching racing at all now, it seems, and the uh, the tracks and and all over the country, but especially in the western half of the United States, seem to be suffering the most from that. Even NASCAR tracks have reduced their the amount of people, the amount of seating at all the facilities there. Um, and even when they do that, the seating is still pretty wide open. If you look at Bristol, for example, it took place a few weeks ago. Bristol, about, about a decade ago, you weren't able to get a ticket to Bristol unless you put your name on a waiting list, and then you had a chance of getting a ticket to the race maybe in a couple of years. Now, if you go to Bristol for both the day race and for the night race, you can just walk up to the to the ticket office on the day of. Sometimes, maybe for the night race, you might have to go a day before and get tickets without any problem whatsoever. So, NASCAR definitely has issues. Uh, motorsports has issues, and uh, it'll be interesting to see in the next few years how how they work themselves out, what changes, what stays the same. I know there's going to be a lot of changes in NASCAR and. Uh, and I think that's why the France family is looking to cash out now before they, before anything really bad happens. Um, but it's the same in other series, and I think that's the reason why why some IndyCar teams are switching, or at least putting money into the Formula E series, because they see the Formula E series as the future. I don't disagree with them. I think it was a great race when my, my father and I went down to the Miami E-Prix a couple of years ago. Um, in other Miami news, I suppose we can bring this up, that the uh, there is a strong possibility that there will be a Formula One race in downtown Miami next fall, probably in October, maybe in September. They haven't released full details. I'm going to be hammering the pavement like crazy to try and get to credentials for that. I know I have passed, uh, gotten credentials in the past from the FIA, so it might be a little bit of an advantage for me. I'm hoping to get into the race there because I am afraid of how much they're going to charge for a downtown Miami race. For Formula One, but 
But as details come forward, we'll be sure to, to cover them on Speedway Digest in the Racing News section, as well as here at Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at SpeedwayDigestRadioNetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. We haven't put out one solitary article on the, in the racing news section of Speedway Digest since we talked to you last week, but we do have a few in the, in the hopper that we're going to be putting out in the next few days, so be sure to check out the racing news section of SpeedwayDigest.com. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida, and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which we found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. We've been doing a really... Uh, an interesting series called the Masters of Mastication, which is our uh, our profile of some of the professional eaters of the International Federation of Competitive Eating. So be sure to check that out. Those are doing really well for us in the past few weeks. We also have some other articles. Uh, did one a profile beyond ink and paint about one of the artists who was at the uh, the Comic Con uh, Comic Con Revolution at the Palm Beach the uh, Palm Beach County Convention Center in February. Be sure to check that out as well. And we also have a lot of a lot of great stuff going on at Palm Beach Happening. We've got our Mother's Day uh, information there. We just put out a uh, a hamburger month thing today. Uh, so because this is hamburger month in May, so be sure to check that out. Lots of great stuff going on there. For listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you later.